When my food tracking app gives me a reward for tracking 25 days in a row, that's something that someone else said was a good job. When I give myself a sticker, that's something that I said was a good job. That intrinsic motivation is way more valuable to me and is something that I think is very important to cultivate. Welcome to Gritticism, the show about personal accountability through gritted teeth. I'm your host, critically acclaimed overthinker, Laura Wasileski. In each episode, I critique my latest projects, what got done, what didn't, and how much I procrastinated. Grab a notebook and listen close as I dig into the nitty-gritty technical details of what I've learned so far and where I'm still struggling. Follow along to hear what I'm getting gritty with next and get inspired to be your own best critic. This is Gritticism. Hello, friends, and welcome to Gritticism, the podcast about personal accountability through gritted teeth. I'm your host, Laura Wasileski, and this is Episode 6, 25 Days of 75 Hard. This episode is special for a few reasons. First, Episode 6 marks two months into my podcast journey. I am super excited about this. I'm impressed that I'm still doing this. While I have yet to nail the time management thing, I'm feeling good about this looser way of approaching the episodes. The second reason is... Today marks 25 days into my 75 hard journey. I'm a third of the way through, and I can now refer to it as 50 hard. The third reason this episode is special is because it's coming to you interview style. The twist is that I'm the one who's interviewing me. Honestly, I'm only six episodes into this podcasting thing, and editing is still the bane of my existence, so adding in another person is not yet a challenge that I'm up for. Deal with it. Here we go. Welcome to Criticism. We're here with myself interviewing me about the first 25 days of 75 Heart. Thank you for joining us. Tell me, how is it going? Overall, I'd say it's going well. I'm plugging away one day at a time, bit by bit, sticker by sticker. As a reminder, what is 75 Heart? I went over a lot of this in episode 5, so I'll keep it brief. 75 Heart is a mental toughness challenge started by Andy Frazella. There are five rules that you have to follow every day for 75 days. If you mess up, you start over from day one. You can learn more by listening to episode five or Googling 75 hard. What do people say when they hear that you're doing 75 hard? After hearing what it is and what the rules are, they all gasp at how much exercise it is and the strictness of the diet and so much water. What they don't realize is that based on the rules of 75 hard, you can make it as demanding or as simple as you want it to be. You choose your diet plan and you choose your exercise. A diet of Sour Patch Kids and potato chips is perfectly acceptable. Sitting on the side of a busy road waving at every car that goes by for 45 minutes a day can be your outdoor exercise. You make it what you want it to be. Where the hard part comes in is in eating Sour Patch Kids and potato chips for 75 days straight and standing in the rain getting splashed by cars as your arm fatigues and you develop tennis elbow. The hard in 75 hard doesn't necessarily refer to the physical components of it. 
It's much more about the mental aspects required to sustain the drive to keep going for the full 75 days. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. What has been harder than you've expected it to be? I'm still weighing out all of my food to try and be as accurate as possible. It takes up an enormous amount of time. I've gotten a good idea about the number of servings in a single container, though, so I've been really able to dial in my grocery shopping. What has been easier than expected? Actually, how seamlessly this is inserted into my life and my timeline. My ability to sustain it through multiple weeks of heavy workload with minimal disruption has been impressive. I really thought it was going to be harder than it has been. What has taken the most getting used to? At first, three liters of water was so much. I'd be waking up three times a night to pee. I've learned to finish drinking earlier in the night to help alleviate the issue, but it also seems to have improved as I've gotten used to so much consumption. Has there been anything that surprised you? How satiating a high-protein diet is. I haven't been hungry or had any sugar cravings at all. I was expecting that to be the hardest part. Also, sometimes I'm exhausted at the end of the day. There are days where I can barely stay awake until 9.30 p.m., and some mornings, 6 a.m. comes very, very early. What books are you reading? I've finished the New Rules of Lifting Strong weightlifting book, which is the program I'm following for my gym workouts, and I've gone back to reading The Art of Memoir by Mary Carr. It's both a funny and informative guide on how to write a memoir. Not that I'm planning on doing so, but I also wasn't planning on starting a podcast. The recommendation for this book came from Tim Ferriss. What do you think has helped you become successful at 75 Hard so far? First and foremost, clarifying my goals and making a plan. My goals are to eat more healthfully and to become more physically robust. The pandemic and working from home has desiccated my health, and 75 Hard is the kickstart I wanted to bring me back to life. Knowing my goals and making a plan to be successful makes all the difference in the outcome. What kind of planning did you do? I created a daily cadence to fit exercise and meal times into my schedule. I had to plan around my 9 to 5 workday, the short daylight hours of February in the Pacific Northwest, and my preference to be done eating and drinking water 2 to 3 hours before I go to bed. I subscribed to a food tracking app called Lose It. This counts my calories and protein grams, as well as records my weight and progress photos each day. It advised me that a high-protein diet benefits from having a higher fiber intake as well, so I've adjusted my diet to meet that need. I also sourced pre-made exercise programs to follow, all of which have a minimum of a three-month progression. This takes the guesswork out of trying to come up with a well-rounded, well-researched, progressive plan on my own. As long as I show up and put in the effort, I should see some sort of results. Lastly, I pre-populated my fitness tracker notebook with my first month of workout so I know exactly what I'm doing each time I go to the gym. Speaking of the gym, do you have any tips on how to keep exercising when you'd really rather stop? There's two different ways to look at this question. One, how to keep going day after day after day, and two, how to keep going in the moment when you're not sure if you can make it through that one minute interval or those 12 reps. For the first one, day after day, novelty is the most important thing. I make sure to choose a progressive workout program that offers a variety of exercises and movements. I want to be continuously challenged without being overloaded. 
If I'm just going on a walk, I can choose a different route or walk faster or slower depending on how I'm feeling that day. I like architecture and plants, so good scenery helps. I also like to listen to audiobooks while I walk. An engaging story can make the time fly by. Regarding keeping up motivation in the moment, though, my default involves counting. If we're talking about reps, break up the total rep count into smaller parts. 20 reps can easily become 2 rounds of 10 or 4 rounds of 5 reps. In general, I won't count any higher than 10. Another option for counting reps is to count up to halfway and then count backwards to zero. Rather than focusing on how far you come, you can focus on how close you are to being finished. When it comes to time-based exercises, though, I use counting in a different way. If I have to do, say, a 60-second interval, as soon as the timer starts, I start counting to 60 at whatever speed I want, and I am not allowed to look at the timer again until I'm done counting. When I've finished, I look at the timer and start counting to whatever the new number is. I repeat this until the timer goes off. The point in doing this is that I know that I'm counting faster than the timer is going, but I also know that there is no way that the timer will be done before I finish my counting. Therefore, there is no point in torturing myself by looking sooner. Each time I get to look at the timer, the number gets more and more attainable. It's that initial round of counting that's the hardest, and everything gets easier from there. Sometimes, when I'm doing exercises that have sort of a beat, like jump roping or jogging or, I don't know, jumping jacks, whatever, I'll find myself automatically counting to that beat and be counting much faster than the timer is going. When that happens, and I see the timer next, I become dispirited by how little time has passed. When this happens, I switch to a four count or an eight count or whatever seems most fitting. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, two, three, four, four, two, three, four, up to whatever number I'm aiming for. This fills up some extra time and makes that next round not so interminable. What else is contributing to your success? I have two friends that are playing along with me, both a little haphazardly, but that's okay. We have a text thread going where we drop in comments every day or so about what we've done or a progress report. It's nice to have people who are supportive of what you're doing and are playing along or cheering you on to keep going. This podcast is also a great motivator not to quit. I'm not really sure what I'd say if I had to fess up to quitting before 75 days was up. Tracking metrics is helpful. My weight, progress photos, food, and water intake, as well as my workout progress, allows me to see how far I've come in such a short time. Today, I was walking up a particularly steep hill, and for the first time, I didn't feel like it was the hill I was going to die on. Small things like that are motivating to keep going. Someday, I might even be able to run up that hill, and that will be worth celebrating. Another type of tracking that feels very precious to me is my sticker chart. It's a grid made in Excel for each of the 75 days and each task that needs to be completed. The water is broken out by liter and the exercises are separated into indoor and outdoor. My stickers are a quarter inch dots from Staples in red, blue, green, and yellow. Nothing fancy. What I love about a sticker chart is that it shows how far I've come and how close I am to finishing. Each sticker functions as a positive reinforcement, a tiny little trophy that tells me that I've won. Sticker charts and tracking metrics are very similar, but they have one significant difference. When my food tracking app gives me a reward for tracking 25 days in a row, that's something that someone else said was a good job. When I give myself a sticker, 
that's something that I said was a good job. That intrinsic motivation is way more valuable to me and is something that I think is very important to cultivate. Which ties right into the last thing I want to bring up. I bought myself a gift from when I finish. It's still in the package, sitting on the shelf, waiting for April 15th when I get to open it. At that point, I'll have done it, and I deserve to celebrate my hard work. Has anything thrown you off course? Going out to eat is a little tricky. I've eaten out twice and made good choices, but coming home and having to figure out the puzzle of calories and macros to finish out the day feels a little like playing Tetris. Also, when my regular schedule gets jostled, it can be tricky to find the time to fit in all the workouts. I've split my outdoor walk into two parts some days, or added in some outdoor ball boxing in the backyard. One night, after coming home from a hockey game at 10 p.m., I finished up the last 15 minutes of the mobility routine I was doing, and then ate the rest of my dinner. What is the biggest downside to doing this? It's a sacrifice. There are a number of things that don't get done in service to completing these daily tasks. The plants don't get watered often enough, the dogs don't get bathed as often, phone calls to family don't get made, clutter builds up, administrative tasks take a back seat. I try to keep my workouts as close to 45 minutes as I can, and I start them as soon as I can so I can be done that much faster. Also, my schedule is tight. It's telling what things get tossed to the wayside, what's deemed important and what can be put off till later. Why have I chosen this moment to devote so much time to my own self-care? That I'm unclear on. Questions for another day. What are you sacrificing by doing 75 hard? I'm not spending as much time with Keith as I'd like. He was traveling when I started this, so when I was working the kinks out of my routine, he wasn't here. It's been a bit of a struggle to find space to fit him in, so I've made it a point to be more intentional about connecting with him. What have you learned about yourself through this? Being active is such a huge boost to my brain function and attitude. I knew this from the summer I was rowing first thing in the morning and doing Carolyn Gervon's epic one after work. Hard exercise makes a huge difference in my outlook. By definition, it's hard, and it's easy to forget how effectively it works. 75 hard has been a great reminder of that. Thanks for taking the time to answer your own burning questions. Let's take a quick look at what's happened since the last episode. In episode 5, I knew I was dooming myself when I said I would still be going strong with 75 hard on the day that the episode dropped. And I am, don't worry. But when I said that there would be challenges, I didn't expect them to be as immediate as they were or as pervasive. On that first morning, I woke up to a blanket of snow on the ground. The next day, I felt a sharp pain of overuse in a tendon on my left ankle. Two days later, I couldn't make up my mind whether I wanted to do an indoor or an outdoor workout that morning. I was trying to base it on what would fit better in my schedule. I finally just picked one and did it because it really didn't matter that much. The first day of my lifting workout was my brother's birthday, and the phone call to him ran longer than expected, leading me to exercising and eating dinner later than I'd wanted to. The next day, I had to be in person at work an hour earlier than normal and had to break my outdoor walk-up into multiple parts. That's enough complaining about that. On to the critique. Group 1 last episode was to get all of the Stage 1 workouts into my fitness tracker, including the warm-up, and to get started. 
Well, I still have two workouts to write in, but I've completed the first three workouts and I feel really good about that. Grit two was to lean into thinking about how I'm doing things with criticism, with a side eye towards creating a website with tangible objectives. What happened was this episode in this format. It feels a bit less cerebral and potentially more engaging, at least I hope so. Let me know. Grit three was to take one step forward on an unfinished object that's been lying around the house. And I did that. Keith got me a paint-by-number for Christmas in 2022, and I finally deemed it finished. And I attempted to stretch it and staple the canvas onto stretcher bars. It was already not even when I got it, and it's still uneven on the bars, but it's there and ready for a frame. Grit complete. So, what are we getting gritty with next? Honestly, I don't know. It's the 24th, and I'm writing this, and we'll be scrambling to record, edit, and post it all tonight. I haven't even thought about what's coming up next. Like I said, time management in the dumps. So, next episode is going to be a surprise for all of us. Lucky number seven, here we come. Thanks for listening and indulging my split personalities. Stay gritty, my friends. Heyo. Thanks for listening to Gritticism, the show about personal accountability through gritted teeth. Drop a comment on Instagram at Gritticism. I'd love to hear about what's getting you gritty. Music provided by Oleg Fedak from Pixabay. Song title, Uppy Hat Beat Logo, two versions, 146604. Rate and subscribe to make sure you never miss a beat. Ready or not, new episodes dropping on the fives, the fifth, the 15th, and the 25th. Stay gritty.